Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to this episode 32 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's just a few short days away from my favorite holiday of the year. Bleh, bleh. Arbor Day. Right around the corner. Well, Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wrong? I'm sorry. So that you asked, I thought those were questions. Sorry. <laughs> Where, oh. How did blah, blah get into Arbor Day? What, what kind of trees are around your house, Mo? I want to plant well, you know, a tree. <laughs> you know, John is kind of weird about trees. I figured, you know, I don't know. I, didn't want to I am? <laughs> when did John, John likes trees now? This is a new thing for me. I, I me, me too. <laughs> First time hearing. Of it. <laughs> so we have some topics we're going to talk about that are uh, appropriately creepy and spooky. But before we do, I wanted to mention something that I posted on our Facebook the other day that I was stoked about. It was you know every once in a while you get like those weird merging of the streams, like your work friends and your personal friends meet up, and you're like, ah, this is weird. So two things that I loved merge. Everybody knows how much we all enjoy Ready Player One, right? Both the mm-hmm. book and the film, right? Yep. Yeah, no absolutely. question there. And another thing I've always enjoyed is Mystery Science Theater 3000 and all of its little iterations. Oh, yeah, for sure. People sitting around making fun of stuff is pretty much what I do all the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's right in our wheelhouse, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So when MST3K kind of initially went off the air, I mean, it's still around and Netflix uh, resurrected it. The guys who were on the original, they set up this thing called Riff Tracks. And Riff Tracks is basically the audio-only portion of MST3K. And they record riffs on modern movies that you can then sync up with a DVD player. They'll do like Jurassic Park, or they'll do the latest Star yeah. Wars movie, or Harry Potter films. And they can be hilarious. The Jurassic Park one was really funny. Like Jurassic Park was like Weird Al Yankovic was the yeah. guest riffer on that, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I bring all this up because I just got my email the other day because I'm on their mailing list. The Riff Tracks guys did a Riff Track of Ready Player One. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jeez. And I went straight out and bought it. I mean, it's like $3.99 yeah, yeah. for the riffs. <laughs> and not only did I buy it, thanks to my editing prowess that I've developed with Gen X Grown Up, I laid <laughs> it on a timeline with the movie. I did audio ducking so that the movie gets quieter when they talk. And, all that. Oh, and I burned night. myself a completed <laughs> copy. And I've watched about half of it. It's everything you don't want it to be. As much as you love the film, they rag on it every every chance they get. They make fun of all of the pop culture call outs and everything. It's just really, really silly and delightful. For either of those things, I wanted to mention it uh, right here at the top. And we're going to get into media proper in a second. And guys, I'll let you both know that that uh, copy that I created is available for you. You can watch it without having to go dig it up. Oh, is that for our whole audience or just for Mo and I? Just for you two. I can't can't Uh. give away all the rip tracks to everybody out there. I didn't know if that was going to be part of the Patreon stuff or if that was going to be... Bootleg media is available thanks to Patreon. (laughs) 
That'd be a hard one to defend in court. It would. Yeah. Well, it's like, oh, they gave us a dollar a month, so we give them access to our media library. I don't think it would be that hard. Because, totally appropriate. Like, we only have one other listener. We just have a fourth listener, so it's not like the court's even going to know what the hell we're talking about. Like, That's a good point. Tracks, it's just, it's just the one listener. What? Yeah, but Excellent our fourth listener has a big mouth, so you know. Okay. <laughs> but the very best thing of all, there's a counter on this ball. So try to beat your very best score. See if you can jump a whole lot more. Skip it, skip it. Come on, everybody, skip it. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are gonna keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them. No fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work it's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20. That's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. Hey, so let's kick this off and get right into media, which is one of my favorite parts. And I have a mm-hmm. feeling that John... Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph is just 27 days away. (laughs) Wreck-It Ralph, just 27 days. The Wreck-It Ralph update. (laughs) Yep. I was going to see how long he could last. Apparently, hey, George, I won only two seconds. That's it. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Ralph breaks the internet. Just 27 days away from the time that this podcast goes live. That's where I will be November 21st, and so too should you. You know what's disgusting? I love the first movie almost as much as you did, John. I really no, enjoyed Wreck It Ralph. I, I no, said you almost. don't. I said it's almost. almost. Listen, it's like the difference between firing a bullet and dropping it. <laughs> but it's still got airtime. Regardless, the bullets at this point, you're almost turning me off to watching Wreck It Ralph. Because it's just like every time I speak, like I call, hey, John, how you doing? Wreck It Ralph, 27 days. What the fuck? No. You're like, hello? How are you doing? You know, nothing. You're building it up so to a level of expectation that I can't see how we can meet it. Well, don't worry, George. <laughs> if you decide not to see it, I'll tell you all about it. Don't worry. I know you will. Because <laughs> you would have seen it like 20 times. Ish. Ish. <sighs> So if you don't go see Wreck-It Ralph, George, is there any media you are currently enjoying? <laughs> well, there is some media that I'm consuming. I'm not sure okay. if I'm enjoying it. Oh, yet. oh, oh. Didn't mean to jump to conclusions. <laughs> right. Is there any media you are consuming? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows out in the comic book world that there's been a television show that we've been kind of anticipating and waiting on. And there's been a lot of stills circled around the internet. A dread, too, about it. Yeah, a little bit of dread. It's Titans, in case <laughs> no. uh, anybody out yeah. there is unsure. Titans is based off, of course, the Teen Titans comic book property from DC. It's, you know, the Teen Titans, New Teen Titans, Tales of the Teen Titans. Oh, really? Titans. Now, this is absolutely the first I've ever heard of this. Oh, so, really? No way. Clean this slate. This is really the first you've heard of it? Wow. Okay. It's right. been all over the place. They've been advertising the crap out of it. Well, right. I don't see commercials, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Titans are, the iteration that they're going with, it's not the original Teen Titans. It's the New Teen Titans. Titans, which is the first comic book that I'd say I really fell in love with in the early 80s. Preteen Titans. No, not preteen Titans. New Teen Titans. What the? F- <laughs> Jesus. Oh. You and your Wreck-It Ralph mentality. John. Anyway, 
This is the group that has not only Robin and Wonder Girl and Kid Flash and those characters, but it also has Raven and Beast Boy and Cyborg and those characters. Starfire. So it's the new Teen Titans. Starfire, of course, yeah. I'm not sure yet. It, there's, it's starting off. I watched the first episode. Episode two just came out. I'm not sure how on board I'm going to be with it because so far it feels a little bit like Gotham, like they've gone down that track Ugh. with it. Oh, really? And, yeah, mm. it's okay. Super dark and well, it is DC after all. to their backstories, <laughs> right? It's DC TV, which is not You're even so DC. You're so dark, you should be the DC movie. Right. <laughs> For instance, Dick Grayson, he's now a detective in Detroit. Happiest place on earth. Totally threw me off. Do they have real cities in DC? (laughs) That's what I was. The first thing I saw in Detroit, DC doesn't use the normal cities. That's Marvel that uses regular cities. Mm -hmm. DC uses places like Gotham and Star Star City City, and Central City and those kinds of things. I was kind of surprised by that. You know, made up places. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fake Um, places. (laughs) They haven't gotten into yet, and I imagine they won't. Probably it'll be near the end of the first season, the forming of the team. In the very first issue of New Teen Titans, the team is not formed by Dick Grayson. It's formed by Raven. Raven calls everybody together. So, yeah, it's a little different than what most people think of. Everybody thinks of Dick Grayson, Robin, Nightwing being the leader of the group, but he didn't form the team in the New Teen Titans version. That's fine. I mean, I could that I could get by pretty easily. Yeah, I could get by that. Uh, The Raven character does look interesting. They have a younger actress playing the role. She's looks like she's supposed to be like 14 or 15. Okay. There's some good drama stuff there. The Starfire character is really kind of odd. She's some kind of embedded spy with what looks to be a Russian mafia group, but she doesn't have any memories when we first get introduced to her. So, so she may still be an alien. (laughs) Uh, Who knows at this point? I mean, she's definitely got powers. We've seen that in the first episode. It's kind of weird. It's on the bubble. I would suggest going to check it out. If you have any interest in comic books at all, because this does look to be like, it's going to maybe go more of the Gotham or gifted variant route, as opposed to the, um, no, what was that horrible show that I've wiped from my memory that came Inhumans? out? Inhumans? Oh, Inhumans. Inhumans, yes. See, I don't even want to remember mm-hmm. the title yeah. of that damn show. So it's not going that route, it doesn't appear. It looks like it's going like it could be a fun ride to watch. I'm not sure how good it's going to be. It's not grabbing me terribly strong yet, but it's interesting. It's the first episode, right? It's first couple episodes. Yeah. It maybe needs to get his legs under it. Right. I remember uh, you can go back and listen to old episodes of our podcast and find out how far along in the Inhumans we were because it was you were looking forward to it and then there was the first one and then the further along we went, it became the litmus test for bad superhero stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, even though you purged the name from your memory, it's still the litmus test of what right. the bad stuff is. So That's what I've been watching. Has anybody else, Mo, John, have you guys been watching anything else? Hmm. Uh, appropriately enough, as we said, it is uh, Halloween time and Netflix in particular has started releasing a few spooky things. They released an amazing Netflix original series called The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know about this. This is a 10 episode series. Uh, it's based on a uh, a novel by Shirley Jackson, came out in 1959, that has actually been- 59? Really? Yeah. It's kind of been adapted into other films called The Haunting and a couple other things that have been either good or bad. What can I say about The Haunting of Hill House? Now, oh, I'm, I you watched this because I mentioned it to you and yeah. you have watched it. I totally binged it after I started watching it. So it's like, is it horror? 
Yeah, yeah, but it's <laughs> the thing about it is it's actually because it's a horror movie broken into 10 episodes, they take all this time to look at different pieces of the story back from when they were living in the house as kids. And then they have other actors playing the kids grown up. And often you'll see the same scene three or four times throughout the series from a different person's perspective. So maybe you saw a scene and two people were standing in a room together and one walked in and started talking. Somebody else started chatting with them and someone else walked out of the room. And then later in the series, you'll see the same thing, but you'll see the person doing something, you see them walk into the room and you go, oh, I remember this moment, but I right. didn't know what they were doing before this or why they were so upset. And then you see them move on out of the room and continue the story. It weaves this tapestry that's so and it does intricate. it really well too. Yeah. Because yeah, I thought for sure that you could get easily lost in that kind of format, you know, mm -hmm. where they keep jumping back and forth in time. But let me tell yeah. you, they did, it was almost seamless. I mean, I was like not confused at any point. I mean, if anything, every time they did, it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's a scene where blah, blah, blah. Right. You're like, oh, that was this. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, John, I totally agree with you. I mean, I thought it was uh, when I first started watching it, the first like, I think each episode is an hour, right? The first half hour, the very first episode, I was kind of like, yeah, all right. Seemed pretty typical. Mm -hmm. Then when it got to the second half of that first episode, there's something that happens at the end. That I was like, holy crap, I'm going to watch the second episode. And then from there, I was hooked. It's kind of a thriller-ish. Another thing I want to point out is that often the things that I hate about horror movies that pretty much is a, it's it's the cheap way of doing it. It's it's like the cheap way of making good food. Add more sugar, you know. Add more salt. And the, the way make horror <laughs> movies better, they think, is add more jump scares. Yeah. And oh god, those yeah. are used so sparingly here. And actually, the jump scares they're not that dramatic. But because, you know, we've talked a lot about both in film and games and whatever, all of us, that we love character development. Mm -hmm. There are long stretches of these shows where nothing scary is happening. They're just building character and you kind of forget it's a horror movie. <laughs> and then and then when something happens, you're like, holy shit, you, know, yeah. you really weren't ready for it. So we have both seen it, but George hasn't. George, is this something that you would entertain? I don't know how you are in the horror realm. But I love you have character development. No, I love horror. I mean, grew up, you know, on the classics, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm okay, Street. Okay, but modern horror. Do you watch any of the modern I stuff? I do watch some of the modern stuff. There's okay. a couple that I need to get to that I haven't picked up on yet, like uh, Get Out. I still haven't watched. I need to get back into the modern horror stuff. I kind of took the variant toward the zombie realm for a long time. Yeah. So I need to get back into the right. classic yep. horror stuff. Well, this one I think also does a good job because it's more of a thinking horror movie, if that makes sense. It's very cerebral, I guess I would say, because the things that happen, like I said, that scare you, you have to kind of think about it a little bit. And the more you think about it, the creepier it gets. <laughs> yeah. And it's much more impactful because of how invested you get with all the people. Yeah. One more thing that I saw that I wanted to mention before we exit to media, and it's something that I went and saw at the theater. I was really anticipating it based on the trailer, and yet I wasn't sure what to expect. Has anyone else checked out Bad Times at the El Royale? Oh, yeah. No, I did. it looked very familiar. There was a movie in the late 90s, early 2000s called Identity with Ray Liotta and John Cusack, and this hmm. had that same feel because it was a bunch of people gathering at a hotel in the middle of nowhere during a storm. Oh, yeah. It also reminded me me a bit of a recent Tarantino film called The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Where all these characters kind of come together at this bunkhouse in the middle of a snowstorm and mm -hmm. craziness ensues. I mentioned, I invoke the name Tarantino here because mm -hmm. as I watched this film, it struck a lot of the little nerves in me that I enjoy in Tarantino films. It's not the caliber of a Tarantino film, really, but it uses some of the structure and the character development and the kind of flashbacks and flash forwards things that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Mo, you said you saw it too, right? Oh, yeah. 
yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. What I liked about it was most of these other ones, like for instance, like the last Tarantino movie was like, they all had a connection before they showed up, right? They this did, one, yeah. They really don't. None, right. But they become connected really strongly at, during the course of this thing. Yeah. And the interaction between these different guests are just great. Each one has like such a big personality. Yeah, yeah, on their own. Yeah, on their own. And then when you get two of them interacting, it's just very dynamic. Like the immovable stone and the irresistible force. And like when these two come together. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hell. Oh, hell. <laughs> well, you know, the whole premise is it's this hotel that's on the border, on the state line between California and Nevada. Nevada. And it cuts right through the middle of the hotel. You can get they a room have, in they have one like a state tile or the thing other. right down the middle to show the different state. Yeah. And, and the irony was that really doesn't play into the film that much. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> You know, it's like in one side they have gambling and one they don't. And there's a scene with a and roulette it's an extra wheel. dollar to stay at the California side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's much more nefarious stuff going on than his hotel. There's like one guy working it and there's one guy who's a priest and there's one woman who's on her way to sing in, uh, in a casino. And one guy's a vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And but the way all the characters mesh together and the way they keep telling the same story from different perspectives, not unlike the Haunting of Hill House we just talked mm-hmm. about. Not quite as deep as Hill House, but. No, no. But that was one that I, I would call it a baby Pulp Fiction almost. I mean, I'm not saying I love it as much as I did Pulp Fiction, but the structure of it, I could see rewatching and enjoying yeah. seeing it from a different angle again. Yeah, I totally agree. Go for it, red. Go for it, black. Go for Get it. Get off my back. Get it four, got three in a row. Go for one more. Go for it. Too late, Joe. Get four. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, Two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, For the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. So, George, yeah. I'm pissed off at John yet again. Well, of course. That's just a natural state of being. <laughs> it is. What else is, is new? Right. And this is probably going to happen to you, too, just warning now that because of something <laughs> John discovered that we're going to hear about here in Tech Toys, I uh, was yeah. forced, forced, <laughs> forced, forced at to gun buy point. something. <laughs> well, he had no choice. Yeah. I had absolutely zero. I had. I was powerless in front so of this. I had this to buy this. is part of the problem of being friends with an early adopter yeah. because- <laughs> You feel the need to come up to their level. It's kind of an envying the Joneses kind of situation where exactly he buys something and he wants to tell you about it and say how wonderful well, it and is. And cool then I, then I show you show out all the cobwebs. Oh, yeah. And, and you're like, like, oh my God, how can I live my life without this thing? And yeah. then you buy it. And then you end up spending like, you know, your kid's tuition or, yeah. you know, the I funeral my house price. Twice. I, mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just whatever. I mean, it's ridiculous amounts of money that are being spent just to keep up with this guy, John. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to keep putting me through the ringer for a few more minutes or do you want to hear yeah, about no, this? I've still got about got. five more minutes on this thread. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll be right back. But, no, but George, I wanted to give you a heads up in case you wanted to maybe mute your speakers for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Just saying, I'm giving you a warning. Yeah, and I can't even like mute one speaker because 
in our podcast, he plays himself out of both fucking speakers. You and I only get one speaker, but John gets both. So I can't even do that. Yeah. So, all right. Just so get be aware that you're going to be going to Amazon. Go ahead. Tell us about your tech toy wonderful discovery thing that I'm going to have to spend money on now. All right. Get out your credit card. Here we go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we are all cord cutters and have been for a good long while. But there are a few things that sometimes it's just easier to get over the air or live sports events or live news or weather events. And so I have a terrestrial antenna that I had hooked up to a computer that I was set to record. And quite frankly, the main reason that I have that around is so that I can record daily episodes of Dr. Phil for my wife. Dr. Phil is one of the things that's difficult to get via other means, a daily, daily show like that. But I record Dr. Phil over the air and would record it. And then I have to jump through hoops and translate it and move it into my library so she can watch it on the streaming services, blah, blah, blah. But some months ago, and another thing that cost all of us money that I discovered, I migrated yes. this all to Plex, the media streaming and server library service. Well, now, and mm -hmm. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that one because I kind of found Plex around or maybe a little bit before you did because we oh, were using. Thank, take the weight off my shoulders. I, I will take on the that blame. one. Because take the blame. Yep. But I had asked you about it. And at the time you said, oh, no, 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 I'm using blah 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 so there's no need to look at plex so i just Cody. let it that's aside. right yeah. and then like a month later john comes on and says hey i found plex i'm like fuck you you found plex <laughs> i told you well, about that i found plex to be appropriate for my needs at that time is what i meant <laughs> oh <laughs> Anyway, Plex is constantly updating uh, their mm -hmm. service they are, uh, because yeah. it is something you pay for a pass Adding for. new features. I mean, it's crazy. That's right. So a new feature they recently added was the ability to do live TV and DVR stuff uh, from within the server and the client. Uh, so I'm like, hey, well, I need this daily stuff off the air like Dr. Phil, and it's time for me to buy a new toy anyway. So I, <laughs> I went and I got a uh, USB hop hog tuner that I could plug right in the back of my Plex server, connected to my antenna. Okay, this is this is the money part. Yep. Had to buy this tuner, and it is so much better than what I was doing before. <laughs> Not only will it record off the air, but back in the Plex app, you can see the things, the entire guide. I used to have to pay for a separate service to get guide data. It's all built right in. When you go and search in the Plex search bar, not only does it tell you what's in your library, but everything in the guide, what's coming up, is now part of the integrated search. So if you don't have the movie, but it's coming up on TV, it'll tell you about it. The media you record, not only will it record it, not only if you choose to and have a beefy enough computer, it can transcode it down from the basic stream to a smaller size, but it will also remove commercials for you and throw what? it right in the media library. It'll remove commercials? And it shows up crazy? with all of your other shows. Yes, it will remove yeah. the commercials and it looks seamless. It's wow. not a different folder. It's not a different menu. The live TV and DVR functionality too, which is just the basic, I can tune a channel and watch it, is there as well. It's so much better than the solution I had. So if you have Plex, George and Mo, if you have Plex, <laughs> yeah. and you have any need for a tuner external to Plex with this new functionality in it, I was really impressed with it. And it doesn't cost a penny more in the software. You just have to have the hardware to get the data to come in. Yeah. And I will put a link to where you can spend your hard-earned money as well <laughs> and pick this thing up from Amazon. Do we have a Gen X grown-up branded tuner that we're selling now? <laughs> we should. We have one that has been tested by Gen X grown-up, though. We'll put a link to it down below. Yeah. <laughs> Certified by. Tested and approved, right? Mo is like, hey, John, send me a link to the tuner you got because you already made sure it worked. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh, no. You <laughs> don't get to say damn it. No. No. That's not going to happen on this show. No, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. 
This is Plex as a software as a service. George, you noticed that a piece of software we use pretty regularly for the YouTube channel is starting to go that model as well, right? I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Mo actually tuned me into it. I had seen it in my feed, but I didn't really pay attention to it. And then Mo mentioned it to us. So Power Director is going monthly. Yeah, yeah. Software as a service is, is certainly something that I'm starting to hear more in my business too. Before we get too deep into that, we mentioned Power Director. I don't think, George, you said what it is. Sure. For us, Power Director is what we use for all of our editing for the YouTube channel. All of our video editing, you you guys will see when you go look at our YouTube channel, you see all the, the cool things we that we do that John taught us, you know, like moving around still pictures to give them effect. dynamic motion or, <laughs> yeah, it's all baked into Power Director. There's all kinds of nice filters in there. Their transitions are seamless. It's really easy to edit on the timeline. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of video editors that have all these same things, but what I've found in all the different editors I've used over the years and that John is, will probably probably back me up on this power director seems to be the easiest to get into right it's from really the straightforward stretch. for yeah. yeah especially if you don't edit all the time or mm-hmm. you're not familiar with it yeah well also i mean i think it's and for the price i don't think you can beat it no the price has been pretty solid on that yeah not the subscription model price that we're talking about now but just the regular everyday price they've been pretty solid compared to other editors especially yeah they do a couple of weird things like they add a bunch of packages in and you can end up purchasing more than you really need so you want to be careful about that that's how they get you yeah <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and it's always like you click on something and it says, wouldn't you like to add Christmas effects? And you're like, <laughs> no, you, know, you hit not. the wrong button because they move it around a little bit. They're kind of sneaky with it. And this subscription model, I'm on the fence. I do that all day at work, but we have to test all of the stuff out before we let our customers sign on to a service. Yeah, because so you can't we provide deploy it for, until yeah, yeah, you verify. Even yeah. with all that testing that we do, we still have situations where we deploy a service and two or three customers come on board and they're just fine. But then that fourth customer comes in and they've got a different setup or something's unique to them. And the service has a hard, hard time delivering what it needs to for them. And I'm worried that with this power director stuff, you're going to start to see more and more bug complaints for them. I'm generally, well, it depends on the software, but like, for the, like I have an Office 365 subscription and that's a lot of it's just for convenience, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I can install it on my PC, my laptop, on my phone, and it's just one price. Right. I always have the latest and greatest because, you know, Microsoft is always freaking updating their stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to worry about that. And the price point, honestly, to me, it makes it bearable, right? Because normally you buy Office beforehand, you know, you just have probably a couple hundred dollars, I think, to get the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's like $3.99 a month or $4.99 a month or something like that. And they even have an additional license. My brother needed a copy so I could give him a copy that he could have full Office. For me, it just seemed like it was worth it. One thing I want to bring up, though, is the difference between a service that's cloud-based and a service that delivers software updates. Sure. Right? Yeah, all of yeah. us pretty much use software as a service, whether we think about it or not, even if it's free software. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we mm-hmm. use Google Docs. Google yeah. Sheets, right? I use the Android web-based messaging and every once in a while it says, hey, a new version of that's available. Click here to refresh because I'm using software as a service. It's just a free service. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every time Dropbox updates in the cloud or Google Sheets updates in the cloud, you'll get all the new features without you having to do a thing. Yeah, you don't right. notice. <laughs> but now you have to pay for and it. They, that's and the they difference. are super valuable. I mean, like you mentioned Google Docs and everything and Mo was talking about Microsoft Office, though. 
thing that both of those are doing to try and provide extra, I guess, extra value is they're combining their store online storage with those services. So we get the Google Docs and Google Sheets stuff, but it ties directly into our Google Drives that we all pay for and use. And I know Microsoft was doing that with OneDrive. So that's the other added benefit. I don't know that PowerDirector is going to have that. They have other products. They do. The subscription. If you get the subscription, you get Mm -hmm. actually quite a bit of storage. So storage and a whole bunch of extra effects and features and things. Yeah, they're trying to unlock as much and make it attractive. Yeah. The benefit of software as a service, as a paid service, I mean, because I work in my real life as, uh, you know, we do software development, QA and releasing and that kind of thing, you know, agile development and all those buzzwords. So the benefit of being able to have software as a service means even though it's a lower amount you pay, but you pay it regularly, you're constantly injecting money into the development cycle. So it's not like, oh, I paid 90 bucks. Now support me for life. Instead, as a developer, it's a great model because it says, hey, we're going to get regular income so we can keep developers on the books. We can keep paying them to add new features and fix bugs. So in the long term, it really works out better for the user if enough people buy in to that software as a service. It works out really well for the retailer too. It's an old idiom in retail sales. It's a lot easier to sell a hundred $1 items than it is to sell one $100 item. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about with this software as a service. Selling a piece of software, PowerDirector should easily cost $150 for our a single license. It's that mm-hmm. good. Sure. But it's a hell of a lot easier to sell it to a million people at $5 a month. And and even if they only use it for, you know, the one year or six months term, whatever you can get, mm-hmm. at least the company will get that money that they can eject in the development cycle, whereas right. maybe they would have gotten zero. Yep. Right. Well, it's like predictable. Like they know they have guaranteed income, which normal software, you know, you have the whole you flow of retail. Yeah, what's right? the next release? What's the next release? And you, you can get iterative releases that way as mm-hmm. well. Right. Yep. So good points though. Yeah. I, you know, we've been talking about it and you know, we always want to stay on the same power director version for us. I think you guys have kind of talked me into it. I'm probably going to go buy it. <laughs> well, hold on. If you buy it. Wait, wait. We all have Everybody to buy has it. to because hey, they will be mismatched. You know, if I can make John buy something. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, let's right? do it. Oh, I'm in. So it's not about whether or not you want it. It's whether or not you can force me to spend money. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's an added bonus. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. But it's a new gadget, a new version. I'm in. Right. I'm good. Okay. Drown and Paneled is a brand new comic book focused podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Hey, I'm George. And I'm Jason. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love. And we cover everything from the golden age to the modern age. If you're a comic book fan who enjoys going beyond the page to learn about the history and creators who bring the characters to life, we're for you. You can find Drawn and Paneled wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at Gen X Grown Up. Talk to you guys soon. Now is the part of our show where we like to talk about games we've been playing. See, George, that's how you do an intro for a game segment. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was like, uh, in a way, it was a nice calming effect, though. I kind of like it. Yeah, it was a calming (laughs) effect, like a fucking sedative. That's what it was. Games, 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 games. Okay. That's a little bit better. (sighs) You got some work Uh, to do. There was no heart in that, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> Before we get into new things we've been playing, though, we have a couple of updates on things we've talked about in previous episodes. And Mo, you have one on the Telltale Saga. What's happening? Oh, yeah. For those of you who haven't listened to our previous podcast, which you totally should. I don't know why. We had talked about basically The Walking Dead, the Telltale company has basically, they just abruptly folded up. They like laid off all their workers. They laid off everyone except for like 20 people. They used to have 250 Mm. people right in the middle of a game that people have already bought. An episodic game. expecting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An episodic game that they were expecting four episodes and only two were released. New news on that? So the new news is that Skybound who is the publisher of the game, right, has yeah. agreed to finish it. Oh, okay. In Walking Dead. They have committed to, they're even going to hire back the original team. Wow. And they're, they're negotiating now, of course, you know, to figure that out. And they're going to finish the last two episodes. So will that saga will have an ending. I'll be damned. Well, which that's I, I was very happy about. Oh, well, That's yeah. not surprising because you know who owns Skybound? Yeah. Huh. Robert Kirkman, the creator oh, of Walking really? Dead. Oh, yeah, really? He's right? the co-founder of Skybound. That's his company. Yeah. He was worried about that sullying the, uh, the brand, I bet. Oh, no. I mean, no yeah. question. And anybody who's ever talked about Kirkman, they all say the same thing, that he's a really stand-up guy. So where he sees a problem that he can fix some way, he usually does it. Oh, okay. He's like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? Well, his DJ wasn't revolving it, so. No. If you got a problem, y'all solve it. <laughs> Nothing. Jeez. George got it. Of course. Uh, okay. Well, that's I good totally news. Get it. George, time for an update on a game that you talked about last episode, which was the uh, invade your privacy game called Hashtag No Filter. How's that going? Well, okay. So I had <laughs> one update in mind before we started the podcast. And then last night at the 11th hour, literally, I have a different way to spin the update, if that makes any sense. Not really, but go ahead. Something happened. I've been incredibly bored for the first week and a half of that game. And to recap real quick, this no filter game is a game that you pay money for and it comes into your life. They text you and call you and email you and all that stuff happens online. Does that mean you're not getting input? Nothing's happening? Well, no, really, really? almost none. Like a couple oh, of generic no. form emails. And no. that's the game. Oh, well, and you remember <laughs> I said that they were calling me and leaving me messages or, or I would In advance answer of the them, game. But it was right. pre-recorded stuff. So I expected to get an even higher level once the game started nothing i got nothing now we had the hurricane so for a week i was not on the website that got started during that week of the hurricane right but when i got back into it maybe 30 40 people have logged into the website and done the thing you accrue points on this website but that's all it's been and it's fucking boring and the worst part of it is the website is called connections and you can't talk to anybody mm, you can only post on your like facebook like feed but you can't direct message anyone unless you get connected and the only way you get connected is once you accrue some points they randomly connect you to people that's it i've got a total of six hmm. connections so far and three of them are the in-game characters sounds like a misfire i mean is it just is it not what they advertised it or doesn't is it still ramping up like, where are we at now last night at 11 o'clock i got a text from the one weird phone number that's been texting me sporadically during the pre-game stuff it's the divisive element in the game this divisive element is the one who apparently is behind this phone number that started texting me again last night it's a character that we've seen in a couple of the videos that have been released in the game and this character was actually personally directly communicating with me for like an hour last night so finally i got some of that it's not just here's a pre-recorded message that can be played to anybody it was an 
actual directed, directed conversation through text. So is it too late for them to save it for you? Has it been too disappointing thus far? Or do you think they're going to pull uh, out of the well, nosedive? They've got the next week now. This texting situation that just happened last night, they, that bought them another week because I think this is this week coming up is week <laughs> three of six. So they're already halfway yeah. through as far as I'm concerned. If it doesn't amp up really soon, yeah. it's got potential still. And I'll give you another update with the next podcast, which will be another couple of weeks, and that'll be two-thirds of the way through. But they've got some work to do. Well, that's a hell of a couple of updates. So what about new stuff we're doing? Mo, you had something you were playing, right? Yeah, it's a new game. Well, it's an old game that's on sale on Steam, so it's new to me. <laughs> okay. It's called Frostpunk. Frostpunk. F-R-O-S-T-P-U-N-K. And it's it's a city builder game. What? That's a weird name for a city builder game. Is it? Yeah, really. I thought so too. I thought the same thing. What does that got to do with anything? Well, the word frost <laughs> at least makes sense. But it's, it's um, snowing. You know, the typical, it's, whole game you know, snows. you have to go get resources. You build different buildings. They have different technologies and capabilities. You know, it's it's pretty typical. Age of Empires, that kind of similar okay. kind of All right. game. Yeah. But the premise behind it, which I thought was really interesting, is that the earth is frozen. Okay. All right. And you're the last group of humans and with the last, I guess, heat source on the planet. Wow. Okay. So you have to thaw the earth to build things? And you have to thaw harvest? areas out. Oh, okay. And expand right. out. That's kind of a neat okay. thing in order to... normally you play those games and there's like is, the, just the vague fog and as you walk through, it opens up. That's kind of a neat little game mechanic to explain that. Essentially, so you have to manage heat as well as you know, oh, metal, wood, So one more thing stuff. you have to manage. I see to keep everybody yep. alive. All right. And so, and so you have to have like people around heat sources Otherwise, they start getting sick and they, that factors into it. So they have a lot of really kind of complex stuff in the background, which is interesting. So far, I mean, it's a pretty enjoyable game. I, I mean, everyone died. Um, but besides that. <laughs> what a hoot. Yeah. I mean, everyone froze to death and had a bunch of amputations. And, you know, because, I mean, you know, this is the very first run through. So I was like, oh, shoot, I guess I should have built that extra heater. huh? Yeah. You know? So it's an interesting game, though. I think it's definitely, especially now, I think it's cost, uh, I think with the sale, it was like, $10, like nine ninety nine or something okay, like that. Okay, so you got to get 10 hours out of it for the Corey system. I'm, I'm easily, I mean, any of these games, I'll get 10 hours of any kind of city All builder right. game. How about you, John? What have you been looking at? Well, in the spirit of the Halloween season, we've been doing a lot of stuff on our YouTube channel, kind of building up to Halloween. We took a look at the Donkey Kong Spooky uh, we talked about in the last show, the Spooky Remix. We have some videos they're going to be releasing leading up to uh, Halloween, but a new one that I'm going to be taking a look at on a live stream that should be available for the replay by the time you listen to this. Uh, I love to look at old classic arcade games. That's our wheelhouse, your Donkey Kong, your Pac-Mans. And I dug up an arcade game from 1986, I think it is. All right. It's a horrible game <laughs> called... Killer. <laughs> Not a horror game, but a horrible game. Well, it's uh, so it's both. It's okay. a horrible horror <laughs> game. It. <laughs> it's called Chiller, but it's it's one of those things that's horrible in a delightful sense. Okay, okay. it's it's almost so bad it's good. Remember those games? There's a series of games. Crossbow was the most popular one. Oh, where you literally yeah. had a crossbow. Yeah, I remember. Crossbow. And there's all these guys walking from left to right, and you had to protect them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chiller, same hardware as Crossbow. Probably you could convert a, a Crossbow game to Chiller. Frankly, it's. Uh, a screen oh, you shoot at. I remember you shoot and ghosts it's people and things, like, right? It is. Yeah, I remember there's that ghosts, now. There's okay. people in a torture chamber. There's a haunted forest. And it's all about shooting everything. Like right. you're in no danger. It's just time. And it's super gruesome. Like they'll have someone is sitting in a guillotine and you have to shoot the top so the guillotine will fall and chop off his head. <laughs> you have a guy on a rack and you shoot the handle and it turns it and it rips him in half on the rack. It's horrible. It's horror. And it's funny. 
Uh, and I'm going to take a look at it in a live stream that should be available to you by the time you hear so this podcast. So did you go out and buy a crossbow cabinet and convert it so that you can play it for real? Or what are you playing <laughs> this with? Because those games use the light gun systems and things. What are you going to do? It's like everything else that I do. It's inside of MAME. And I can take the uh, analog controls of a mouse and those will translate in MAME directly to the, the crosshairs of the uh, light gun and I can shoot very easily. In fact, it's really easy to aim because you got a mouse. I was going to say, that's, right kinda like, shoot. that's almost gaming the system a little bit because that's going to make it a little too easy. Damn straight. Okay. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> and your point being? <laughs> but it's, it is so bad, it's good. And I've uh, in preparing for the live stream, I've been playing it and I'm like, that's terrible. What's the next level look like? I want to see that one now. <laughs> So if you want to see something creepy and you want to check out uh, an old classic video game, Chiller is going to be something you can go back and take a look at on our YouTube channel and replay that live stream. Sounds like fun. Oh, it will be. Is it me? Is it you? Who knows? It's you. And you got to with a mystery. You're person wear a hat? No. Your history. But I'm still here. Continuing on the theme of Halloween, we talk about what we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. George, you are finally popping that cherry. Wow. Okay, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> what it's, I don't know if that's the right word to use there, but... Oh, it's the right word. Okay, so what, are we, what am I popping my cherry on? Because that's kind of... I, I tuned out that kind of... <laughs> George is going to do his first live stream on our YouTube channel, and he's going to do it on Halloween night. Yeah, okay. That's, that feels a little bit better now, because I'm like, I'm 47. What cherry am I popping at this point? <laughs> All right. Yes, I am going to do my first Gen X Grown Up live stream on Halloween evening, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. 7 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you. And it will be a marathon live stream. I'm going to play the game until I either A, pass out, or B, finish the game. Okay. We're taking bets? Well, if you want, that could be <laughs> in, the, in the chat. We can start. We can start we can run pool. odds. And what are you playing to exhaustion? We are going to play Phantasmagoria 2, A Puzzle of the Flesh. Mm-hmm. It's a game Puzzle like 96. It came out full motion video. All I'm going to say is there's a guy who loves a rat and people are getting stapled to cubicle walls. Think uh, <laughs> Maniac Mansion with full motion video. It's a point and click adventure, mm-hmm. but it's it's yeah, like you said, it's 96 and our love affair with full motion video on CD-ROM was in full force and it's super creepy. I can't wait to see that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will be there, but I, Mo, tell me what are you, lay odds. What do you think is going to happen? Will he finish the game or will he pass out? Which, what would you lay odds on? Huh. I, I have faith in George. I think he'll finish. Wow. Again. Okay. Nice. All right. John, what about wow. you? What are you betting on? Well, I'm going to take the other side. Of course you I, are. I think you're, I, I <laughs> you're going to pass out. You're going to pass out or uh, or say, uh, damn it. Uh, damn it. Okay. We're going to stop. You're going to be frustrated or pass out. The controller. Part might be he'll there. blame the controller. The controller's a mouse and he's still going to blame the controller. Yes. <laughs> All That's right. what I believe. That's what I'm looking forward to. John, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> I have something, George, that goes back to the origins of this podcast and maybe the first or second episode you'll recall when we started creating this show george you didn't listen to podcasts almost at all right amongst the ones i recommended to you was said hey you got to listen to this one it was out for a while and it's dead now called limetown uh-huh. remember that great fiction yep. podcast limetown yeah october 31st is the premiere of season two oh. of the long thought dead limetown Yay! I love Limetown. I can't wait to hear that. I hope they don't screw it up. Perhaps we can finally uh, find out the uh, fate of Leah Haddock and what happened in the first season of Limetown. (laughs) If you haven't heard Limetown and you have a podcast listener in your hand already listening to us, when we're done, you should go check it out. And uh, the 31st 
season. I can't wait. I don't know what it's about. I don't care. They have a trailer out there. It's the production quality, the story on that. I want to hear more of yeah. Town, And it's coming. really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, how about you, Mo? What are you looking forward to between now and the next time we get together? For then, I'm looking forward to that Bohemian Rhapsody. The Queen song? No, that already came no, out some time say. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, the movie. Came out. Wait, there's the a movie. movie. The movie. Yeah. Okay, what's the movie? Yeah. Talk about a late adopter. He's just checking up Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was even in Wayne's the, uh, It's basically the story of Freddie Mercury. Yes. Oh, yeah. like a biopic. It looks really good. Oh, my God. The guy who was in, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot. Oh, is playing Freddie oh Mercury. okay. Yeah. The TV show, Mr. Robot. He's Oh, that's yep. a good casting choice. It is actually a really good casting choice. And it's- Way to research I mean, it, like, Mo. That guy in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I forget his name. <laughs> the guy in the thing at the place with the people. Oh, I love him. Yeah, 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 him. Look at the trailer and stuff. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Queen. It always have been so to see this, this I mean especially yeah. since his life is so you know and his the music they came out with is so different for the time and everything else that I, I'm just hoping it's not horrible if nothing else I have a great soundtrack yeah will yeah but this is not a documentary it's a biopic right it's, this it's is more it's, of a biopic yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is a story film that happens to be about the his life this yeah. movie has been in the works for I think like 10 or 15 years where like uh Baron Sasha Cohen was supposed to originally play it Apparently. What? That's right. He backed out. Borat? I remember that. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen was originally going to be in that. They, they yeah. had a whole thing with the, the, the script was issued because the surviving members of Queen, they said, oh, it's just focusing on Freddie Mercury. And I'm like, yeah, what's the problem with that? <laughs> you know? But so they, it went around and around, but they finally finished it. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And when does that come out? Uh, I think it comes out like right Maybe there's a few days after we drop because we're dropping this one on the 25th, right? That's right. Research galore. So I think it's coming out the 27th. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the guy in that hey. thing, it comes out later. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so so when did it come? Did you look it up? I'll look. Oh, I'm supposed to look it up now? <laughs> well, when people listen to the show, often they'll want to know what the fuck is in the show. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, here it is. I thought this was here rehearsal. <laughs> I thought this was just rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about November that November 2nd. November 2nd. Okay. All right. So when does this come out, Mo? November 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how you knew that off the top of your head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did all the research on this. You know? just, and and Rami Malik is the star. He's just like, when does it come out? November 2nd. Obviously. <laughs> Hershey's Fifth Avenue. It'll make you go. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. That will just about wrap it up for another edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, I do want to quickly call attention to something you heard uh, earlier in one of the break segments, which is a brand new podcast being launched by Gen X Grown Up. George and his co-host Jason are launching Drawn and Paneled. Right, George? Yes, sir. We are actually going to release it on Halloween. It seems like we're doing a lot of stuff on Halloween. Blah. I'm going to be super Blah. busy that day with all the <laughs> SEO. And the, but yes, we're going to release our first I want episode. to read your comic book. 
books of drawn and paneled <laughs> on October 31st, Halloween. We're really looking forward to it. We've got a lot of guests scheduled, not just for the first episode, but for several episodes to go. Uh, we've been making a lot of contacts in the independent comic industry, which is where we're going to focus a lot of the stuff that we read and talk about on the show is going to be from the indie comic groups more than the big two, because, you know, Marvel and DC, they've got their own propaganda machines rolling. They don't really need our help. The independent creators are who we really like folks on. Plus, they have some really great storylines going in the yeah. places like Image and IDW and Scout Comics and Aftershock. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it as well. And John, thank you very much for helping us get off the ground. Yeah, of course. In the podcast, they allow us to focus more on the books and talking to each other and getting feedback from our listeners, I think will be a little bit easier. So we're really looking forward to it. The comic book arm of Gen X Grown Up will now have its own avenue. So if you uh, enjoy the uh, friendly humorous banter that you hear in the Gen X Grown Up podcast and you have a comic book interest, <laughs> you should hop over in your aggregator and subscribe right now so you won't miss the premiere episode October 31st and every Wednesday. Yes, comic sir. Book, every right? single Wednesday thereafter. That will wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular episode and next week with an edition of the Backtrack, which is where we take a single topic from growing up a Gen Xer and dig in deep on it. George, tell them what the Backtrack is next week. I think we're going to talk about Gen X kids books. Yes, we are. All those cool things that spawned out of the Scholastic Book Fair and the things we read, quite a bit different than they are currently for young adult readers. Uh, and we're going to reminisce on that fondly. So I hope you will join us then. I am John. Thanks so much for being here, George. Yes, sir. And Mo, I sure appreciate you. No, always fun, man. And more important than anything else, fourth listener, we appreciate you being here. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. So, two updates. George, would you like to intro the games, or would you like someone else to do it? <laughs> you know what? I'm I mean, let you Mo's done two of them. I know. Okay. You can go ahead and do well, the game. Well, I was, I was thinking I might, so that's, that's yeah, why I was I asking. You were unless, you, unless you had one in mind. Fuck you, but that's okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Fuck you, that's okay. That's our new motto. There you go. <laughs> <sighs> Put that on a t-shirt and yeah. sell it. <laughs> People come up to us at the convention table. Fuck you, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that actually could be a great fucking bumper sticker. Double thumbs that's up. That's a t-shirt. Absolutely. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.